0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another lively weekend across Scottish football. Celtic take another step towards the title with a flying start at Kilmarnock. That's after Rangers had done their bit against St Mirren. Edinburgh bragging rights go to Hibs with huge wins for Dundee United and Livy. And another manager bites the dust as Callum Davidson leaves St Johnston. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me this evening you have Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. And it was the weekend, Gordon, when the casualty rate among SPFL managers Hit 20 for the season And the role of caretaker boss Had never been more trendy As you see Callum Davidson Gone from St Johnson Leaving Stephen McLean As caretaker The Hearts caretaker Stephen Naismith Lost the Edinburgh Derby On his dugout debut The Aberdeen caretaker Barry Robson Made it six wins in a row To seize control of third And the Dundee United caretaker Jim Goodwin Hauled them out of the drop zone I just hope Clyde One Don't take note of this And start d- Drafting in caretaker pundits Oh let's hope not Roger Yeah it was goals are plenty With the old firm at the weekend Nothing changed uh, At the top of the table uh, Things a lot changed At the bottom of the table So it's, uh, it's all we play for as we, as we move closer to the split 0141 951 1025 That is the number you need So come on down And let us know what is on your mind If we start yesterday Celtic fans I, I suspect you thought you were on For an absolute cricket score At one point I suspect you Kilmarnock fans thought the same It didn't quite pan out that way But uh, what did you take away? Another four goals scored Another three points Another step towards the title What did you make of the game? Uh, the talking points There was Derek McInnes had a bit of a grumble Didn't he? Phil O should have been sent off You're getting a bit more of a look at guys like Iwata, Kobayashi They starting to impress you uh, And where did it go wrong at the beginning for you Kilmarnock fans? So that's yesterday Back to Saturday Where to start Rangers fans I think we had someone on that left at 2-2 Did we not on Saturday? Uh, so maybe I'd, I've heard of a game of two halves But this was quite the ending uh, To that one So Rangers fans What did you think of it? How happy are you to win so convincingly in the end, Todd Cantwell, he seems to be getting rave reviews. Michael Beale says that it was a horror show at the back, though. Is that something that concerns you with a semi-final looming large? Uh, St Johnston fans, if you're out there, was that the right call to get rid of Callum Davidson? A very, very successful time at the club. Was it the right time to part ways? Hearts fans, what's happening there? And we even had a title won at the weekend, Roger Hanna. We did, and Fermanagh Athletic, congratulations to them The League 1 title in the bag What a way to seal it 5-0 against the Palmerston Pep at East End Park I haven't seen Stephen Mill this happy Since the last time you and Cameron phoned in sick <laughs> Yeah, we're actually going to be joined by James McPeak A bit later on as well So it's 01419511025 Monday night, no excuses Because there is a list of talking points as long as you're armed But I want to discuss them with you As much as I like Roger and Kenny I'd like to discuss them with you So pick up the phone Right, result of the weekend Kenny, what are you giving us? I'm going to go for that result That Dunfermline uh, 5-0 Means some teams fall over the line But this was Dunfermline Absolutely powering over the line The League 1 title So 5-0 for me And congratulations to James And everybody connected with Dunfermline See, who says we only focus on Glasgow In the Premiership? Roger Hanna Well, I don't want to add to your personal grief So mm, I, I, okay. won't, I won't pick Dundee United Seriously? For part I'm going to go for Hibernian Well I'd have picked Dundee United a For first, what it's worth Well listen It's a it's a big win for Jim I'll say that But I think just for Hibs It's the first Edinburgh Derby win In 10 games 
They had lost the previous four games um, All the talk in the build-up to the derby was Hearts with a new caretaker manager in Stephen Naismith They were ruling the roost over Hibs in the capital And Hibs stood up for once They didn't Hibs it And they got the win on the second half through Kevin Nisbet His first derby goal And a big goal for Lee Johnson Okay, what are we going for goal of the weekend? I felt like you had some good options when I watched the highlights, I must say Well, there were some really good options at Ibrox Being O'Hara's too were actually really good But I'm going to go for Scotty Arfield's in the 60 pass move It was uh, absolutely sensational stuff And to finish off that run for Cantwell And then the no-look pass And Scotty Arfield doing what he does Getting beyond that striker And a comfortable finish through the keeper's legs Excellent goal Yeah, 60 passes is quite something um, Roger, what are you going for? Same game I was with Kenny Ibrox on Saturday The Cantwell performance And the way he set up Arfield for the goal was terrific I'm going to go for Mark O'Hara uh, His first one of the two He is St Mirren's top scorer He is rated at a million pounds by his manager Stephen Robinson He is having the season of his life And he could crown it this weekend against his old team Kilmarnock If St Mirren get the point to get into the top six For the first time since the split was invented Howler of the weekend I'm sorry Fraser But it has to be Fraser Murray Of Kilmarnock One of those um, days I think they call it It was a bad day at the office Good player But we've all had them um, Made a bad mistake With the pass Straight to Kyogo For the opening goal His colleagues maybe Didn't help him out To be fair Well yeah um, He didn't help himself With a clearance for I think it was Celtics I was losing count By that stage I think it was the third goal mm-hmm. um, Hooked after Half an hour or so Today he will want to forget. Hopefully he'll bounce back quickly. And I'll go for I'll go for Hart's general form. Just uh, general six, howling. Yeah, six straight defeats. Wheels have fell off a little bit. Listen, it's nothing to do with my old teammate Naismith. Obviously, five of these defeats he wasn't involved in. But a team of that size, with with the squad that they have got, with the aspirations that they have got, looking to, to finish third in the league, six straight defeats is really really poor for a club like Hearts. Yeah, five points off third now, and man of the weekend, top performer who gets the accolade. I'm going for Cantwell. I think his performances are getting better as he, as as each week passes. He's becoming increasingly influential uh, in the games as well. He's Scored a goal, really good goal. That was another really good move for Rangers as well. And then the run to set up the goal of the weekend for me, Arfield, was just absolutely incredible. Patience, then as a real drive right at the heart of the team with balance, poise, and then just the, the composure at the end to slide Arfield through. It was wonderful. I'm going to go for Matt O'Reilly. Um, Celtic midfielders just seem to take turns this season <laughs> at, at turning up when they're required um, Rio Hitati missing at the weekend Aaron Moy was one of a few players to get rested He's just coming back from injury um, And O'Reilly stepped forward Slightly in front of Callum McGregor and Tomoki Iwata Two goals, two good finishes A big performance And now it might take something from a Moy or a Hitati To get O'Reilly back out of the team 01419511025 What are you thinking After the weekend then If it is that game That Roger Is referring to Celtic fans How good was The first half performance Where does that rank This season We always talk about Difficult pitch And all that sort of stuff So uh, How pleased were you What about some of the guys You got to see Iwata again From the start Kobayashi Did they catch the eye um, You can let us know All of your thoughts Kelly fans Are you feeling aggrieved I know your manager was Felt Celtic should have been down to 10 men Albeit I think they had racked up A few goals by That point How are you feeling about the battle At the bottom 
after yesterday and of course Saturday Rangers fans was it a horror show in defence are you more concerned about the positives and the five goals scored there is a lot to get through so please do pick up that phone 0141 951 1025 Gary is a Celtic fan to kick things off uh, how did you view Celtic's performance yesterday Gary? Oh, it got off to a ropey start and then disappeared altogether. Gary's in a bit of a bad line. I think he said it was amazing for what it's. I, I think I heard that. No. Well, I tell you, what, I was either I that was or he's, actually, he's in the bath under I, the water. I was impressed with Awat and Kobayashi. To be honest, I thought uh, Awat was excellent. Kobayashi done done great in that 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 left centre back role. Gives him a good balance on that side. Uh, two really really strong performances. Roger, I think it was amazing. It was blah, 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 something yeah. like that. Well, Gary seemed very happy. Um, <laughs> his, his start was almost as bad as Kilmarnock's start, I would say, <laughs> yesterday. Celtic just steamrolled over the top of them. Um, I wondered at the stage, you know, when it was, was it 27 minutes in, they'd scored four and missed a penalty. <sighs> if you're a Kilmarnock fan at that stage, all you're thinking mm-hmm. about is Dundee United nil, Celtic nine. Mm-hmm. Um, all the hallmarks of that game early season at Tannadice that cost Jack Ross his job. Pretty sure Derek McInnes would be thinking like that at that stage But whether Celtic took the foot off the pedal Whether Kilmarnock's substitutions made a difference You can argue either way mm-hmm. But um, very, very impressive in that opening half hour You know, don't take this the wrong way But I spent the early part of my afternoon Thinking about a Kilmarnock fan that I had met in the jacuzzi in the morning <laughs> Right, and I will explain Just in case you, you cast any aspersions um, I met a Kilmarnock fan who said he would take 3-0 And I thought you know that's that's that sort of typical doomsday scenario. And my goodness, I thought this guy will be tearing his hair out because it was three. You say the penalty; it felt like it was going to be an absolute cricket score, didn't it? It did, and you know, Derek McInnes clearly saw that when you're making two substitutions after half an hour or so, you know that Plan A has gone horribly wrong. You, you wonder now. You know, you think back that nine nil really hurt Dundee United. The manager left, and it's really only taken them to this spell of the season now. To find any sort of form I know it wasn't nine But just the manner of that first half hour You wonder mm-hmm. how that's going to affect Kilmarnock Over these last six games of the season When they're in a relegation dogfight right, I think we've got Gary back Gary, it was a bit of a false start What were you saying about Celtic's performance? I thought they were sensational in the first half It's the best I've seen them playing in years um, they, were, they were fantastic Really sensational, honestly yes. It's funny because I spoke to Derek McInnes earlier in the week, Kenny, and he said he wanted to stress the importance of striking first because it can put the doubt in the mind, it can give you something to hang on to. The problem is we've actually seen with a Celtic team doesn't even necessarily matter. They had to come behind a couple of weeks there, but you would you would rather it, to state the obvious, you would rather that than than the way it went for Kilmarnock. How much of that was down to Celtic Flying out the traps Because we always hear that You know the pitch is really difficult And it can be tough to go But that's that's 5-0 and 4-1 They've you know won there this season Yeah well they're kind of Putting that to Like, like to rest now With the, with the two results And that, that 27 minutes it, it was I mean Gary's right It was sensational And it could have been more You know you, you talk about The penalty miss But the pressure it was put On their goal The the way they were dominating It just It, it was a, a top top performance I mean again Looking at the way Ange is I mean that I think he would have wanted a better second half Probably. because they were they were a bit sloppy. I think when the goal went in, 
uh, kind of affected never affected them I wouldn't say but they were sloppy in the second half whether that was down to the way Dell kind of set his team up because I did think they tried to get pressure on that ball a little bit higher up with a few tweaks that he made uh, maybe at half time but uh, it was an incredible performance and the game's done you know the game's done mm-hmm. at that point and it's uh, and it's on to the next one they, had, uh, they also had the luxury of resting your Callum McGregor's your Kyogo's and, and keeping and Jota and Carter Vickers and Carter Vickers as well did you, did you ever smile at Kyogo when you missed a penalty? <laughs> no never ever it would be definitely head and hands and uh, wondering what the manager was going to give you but uh, no he's uh, you've got a few goal cushion it helps doesn't it it helps when you're on 29 goals as well so it's uh, it could have been his 30th to be honest but I'm and sure he'll get that for the club. I'm sure he'll get that in the, in the coming weeks even that opening goal that sets the tone Roger it's Yes, yes, it's a it's a dreadful mistake, but Kyogo's still got an awful lot to do, doesn't he? Even even, even the touch to to sort of it seems quite deliberate to sort of spin it round the defender and you know take it where exactly he wants it to go. Then he's at the angle. He just he's just in one of those runs just now, isn't he? Where everything he's touching is working. Yeah, apart, and, apart from the penalty. And, and listen, we can, we can say Kilmarnock were poor, but Celtic were good, you know. And you, you look at Celtic in that opening spell. Ange Postecoglou said himself, "It's as good as they've played this season." That spell in the first half, Kyogo did have a lot of work to do. Maeda had a bit of work to do with that header to get in as well. And O'Reilly's two finishes were were excellent. You know, he had a very very good game. And did he not have to wait for his first goal of the season until yeah, a couple of weeks ago? And now yeah. he's and also what about Kyogo? The the sprint back to get yeah. back to is it Deutsch where he was yeah. tracking back? Like he's he's running past teammates just to get back and defend and nick the ball off, and then he gets himself back up to to be part of the next mm. attack. I mean, it's an incredible work ethic that he's got and he's bringing to that team as well. It's not just his goals. Yeah, I mean, Gary, everybody knows what Kyogo can do and Callum McGregor and all the rest of it. Maybe getting a bit more. Familiar with the likes of Iwata, Kobayashi did, did you see anything you liked in them? It was nice to see the new players getting a chance And uh, they, they were all they all showed up in the first half The second half I think they took their foot off the gas a wee bit And obviously Kilmarnock tried harder to, to limit things And mm-hmm. maybe attack a bit better Were you also pleased to see, I know we speak about Iwata And Haksabanovic came back in as well And Kobayashi as a supporter, you please see the likes of Rocco Vata and Ben Summers getting on, so you can see the the, the fruits of the work up at Lennoxtown. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the more uh, that that's that's why Celtic are so successful because they develop their own players and and they look after the mm-hmm. players that they have, and they're very good with their uh, transfer market stuff. Uh, something that Rangers are absolutely pathetic at. You know, I mean, they're the sell by clauses; they don't, just don't exist at Ibrox. You know what I mean? It's always good to just get any bit in at the just same time. That's, fine, that, yet, that's Glasgow. Potentially a couple that's, of big cutters leaving for free in the summer. That's Glasgow. Um, that's a button to be fair. The, the academy graduates into Celtic's first team haven't probably been good enough recently, Roger. But it's hard to care too much when you're, you're winning leagues and all that stuff. You know, that's. Yeah, that but tends that, to come a bit late. It's yeah, important, it, but you know what I mean. It, yeah, is, it becomes it, a subplot. It, it, it's always interesting to see them coming through. You know, Rangers mainly because of the injury list. The likes of Aaron Lyle, Billy Rice, Ross McCausland in the bench at the weekend. They didn't. They didn't get on, but they were there. And I, I do think you know, old firm supporters. Yes, they like all the fancy imported superstars, but they also have a place in their hearts for for homegrown players. You know, they, look at mm. you know. Callum McGregor, Kieran Tierney, James Forrest at Celtic, the fondness that's attached to them. And I think if Rangers and Celtic can bring through more of their own, you know, there's an attachment over the supporter base. Did you see anything in, I mean, it's very early on, and you're judging them against a team that's winning everything, but see anything in Kobe Ashi and Awata to think that, that they really could force themselves into 
I don't know Semi-final plans Or cup final plans When that day comes Or even just the starting 11 In the near future I don't think so If uh, everybody's fit I just think they're, they're quite set in those areas Their chances may come If people move on I did like Kobayashi On that left is side Is he a bit different In terms of the way he I think uses he was the ball. really He was really comfortable He gives you he, I mean I think Stafford looks uncomfortable I'm not saying he's No great on the ball But he looks uncomfortable He's on that side as well He's no left footed I think Kobayashi gave them A good bit of balance I mean there's that one In the first half That he paid with outside His left foot To send uh, I think it might have been Maeda through Uh He's got good ability Seems really really calm on the ball He's different He is mm-hmm. different I can't see him shifting Starfelt In this season to be honest with you So it might take somebody yep. to move And the same goes for Awata He's going to have to move O'Reilly's Moyes McGregor's Hitati when he comes back But he looked very good again I saw 45 minutes of Kobayashi At Tynecastle In the Scottish Cup time And Starfelt went off with, with an injury And looks lovely in the ball Looks really composed Can hit a pass mm-hmm. As Kenny said the, the one thing I think That would work against Probably him and Iwata in terms of selection for the semi final is they haven't been you know, they haven't been asked to defend really in any of those games. I just think you they know. wouldn't get the nod anyway, Roger, based uh, on like uh, if you're I picking agree. Celtic's think, yeah. team, you know, you I probably phrased it wrong. I was thinking slightly more longer. For instance, could this be the start of maybe seeing Kobayashi at the beginning of next season? Yeah, possibly. Is that, yep. is that yep. possible? But possibly I for, think the, so for well. the two of them, yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm, thank you to Gary. What about Bill, who's a Celtic fan? What did you take away from yesterday, Bill? I thought the team played as well as I've seen them playing for many a year. Uh, and I think up to the point where Kyogo missed the penalty, I think had that gone in and they'd continued in the same vein, they could well have had a, a score similar to Dundee United. But I think the big problem is the way they fell out of the game in the second half may cause problems once we get into Europe. I don't think we can afford to fall out of the game like that. And I've watched a couple of players uh, playing. Uh, one of them was the against server centre forward, Orbana. Uh, I thought he was absolutely immense playing against West Ham. His ability to hold the ball and allow his teammates to come up and support him. Uh, and he was also a tremendous finisher. I also like to look at the centre half ticket they had, Ikumu. Uh, I think he won 95% of all the tackles he went in for and blocks that he made. And I think in Europe, we need to have somebody that will hold the ball up, allow the other players into the game, not give the ball away and be difficult to push off. And a defender who just doesn't let anything past them. I love this from Bill's on a scouting mission. If you're listening, Peter Lowell, give Bill a phone. Well, Make sure he gets a cut of any future transfers. If you are listening, Peter, whatever you do, don't Google Gift Orban's price tag because you'll pass out. <laughs> um, I think, listen, he's a very good player, Bill, you're right, but I think probably his next move is going to be against the English Premier League, the German Bundesliga. He scored a hat-trick inside four minutes and won against games in an earlier round before they took on West Ham. He's one of the most highly rated young strikers in the continent and he's probably his market value at the minute is probably more... Than any of the current Celtic players, and you know how I don't need to tell you how good this Celtic team is performing at the minute. So it's probably that you know a move like that, probably just beyond Celtic at the minute, but certainly a very good player. Yeah, I'm, I can't believe he's just shattered that one already for you. Um, they just have to do with Kyogo, they're not front, won't they? Yeah, I guess. Aye. All got more game time than he usually does. Jurgen Klingsman at Rugby Park, things yep. you never thought you would see there, the South Korea manager. Um, 
I was dying. I was dying to see Jurgen Klinsmann with a Kelly pie. Oh, I thought you were going to say do the Klinsmann slide on that Astro oh. third degree burns. Here's <laughs> your fire yeah. service up to help him out. Um, but my point was, Celtic will hope that O is that guy that holds people holds the ball up more than Kyogo does, brings people in, becomes your your different option. I, th- I think he's looked okay. I didn't think he was great uh, yesterday And maybe that's because his national team manager's in there Some like Jürgen Klinsmann there I didn't think he was great yesterday Doing things uh, not as good as what I've seen him in, in the previous games But uh, listen, I think he, he's potential to go on and be a, a really, really good player for Celtic But again, he's got to dislodge Kyogo With the way they play, there's there's one one striker that plays up front and, So no. it's uh, he's got a, a big uh, a big job on his hands to move Kyogo out of the team Yeah, You're right, because I mean, I've seen him I thought he was a good player. I thought that was his worst performance Absolutely. in a Celtic shirt. Yep. And listen, it might have nothing to do with Jurgen Klinsmann been there, but maybe um, the pitch. It might be due to the fact they were four 0 and they, yeah, they were I actually think, poor I, in the I second think half. The they were four one up and the foot had taken off the pedal a little bit. But no, he does offer no. something different from Kyogo, and I think that's probably why he was signed. You know, just in case you want to try something different out. Uh, plan B Thank you very much to Bill It's 01419511025 Celtic fans Kelly fans If you want to keep going Please do Rangers fans Keen to hear from you On one hand Michael Beale says The defending was a horror show But on the other He scored five And you haven't done that For quite some time In the Scottish Premiership So get in touch You are the voice Of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 01419511025 And we're talking as much as we can from the weekend Because there is quite a bit to get through Charles is a Celtic fan What did you make of yesterday Charles? Uh, well, well I thought the game was uh, It was a good game for, for 25 minutes or so wasn't it? And then it just it, it just flattens right off it was, it was rubbish after that um, I don't know I don't know what happened and The pace just seemed to leave in the second half And Haksabanovich come on uh, Sorry uh, Oh, come on. I know he made the change to let uh, Jurgen Klinsmann see him, but I can't be so by the by. It was, uh, it was going to change in the second half, but the first half annoyed me. But I'll tell you why, why I phoned in. What I really phoned in for was uh, Furuhashi. We kill goes Furuhashi. I know he's a legend. The guy's talented, what a footballer, etc. And uh, it brings a lot of joy to the, uh, the team. It brings a lot of kind of smiles and all that to, uh, to our proceedings. But when he was taking the penalty kick, what annoyed me about him was he was taking the penalty kick. It didn't look like he was taking it serious. Yeah, no, he seemed to be. Uh, I just that's the better way of putting it. He just wasn't being serious about it. It was like a, it was a game or a bit of fun to him. You know what I mean? And to me, he should have been get his game face on at that point. I think the big man should get through him because he can't be. Uh, that could have been for. Uh, it could have been for a place in the final. Um, he can't be doing that. You know what I mean? He can't be, and it was. Uh, I'm not saying he was. Uh, I'm not saying he's been disrespectful to Kamarnock, but he just didn't seem to be taking it serious. You know, it's uh, maybe the culture, but I've noticed that in, in a few other challenges, uh, a few other games, he's, he's far too apologetic and far too nice. And uh, I think we man needs a bit of steel about him. I think we get taken a lot more serious as a, as a serious footballer if he uh, toughens up a wee bit. Who's not taking him serious as a serious footballer, Charles, where he's on 29 goals for the season? And... I apologise, you may have heard me wrong here. I'm, I'm saying that he, I did, don't think that he was oh, taking right. He uh, should Kamarnock take it serious. serious. Um, yeah. I mean Roger like, be- Because he has a wee smile on his face is it, Are you as angry about it as Charles yeah, I, is? If, you, if you're going to be criticised I think criticised as being far too nice Is probably the best kind of criticism you can get um, Kyogo this season has gone to another level There was a lot of times in the show A year ago That people were suggesting that Giacomakis should be Celtic's number one striker And Kyogo should only really be the backup and you fast forward now and you can't really imagine a Celtic team without Kyogo. 
29 goals this season 49 in his two seasons for the club um, He'll probably get my vote In fact he will get my vote For footballer of the year oh, this season you're exclusive um, And you know The way Ange Postacoglu spoke about him I think it was last week or the week before Just saying that When he got the Celtic job Kyogo was the one he wanted Above all others He had faced him in the J-League He knew the threat he posed and I don't think it will bother Ange too much if Kyogo comes in smiling to his work or laughing to his work. As long as he keeps mm. scoring 29 goals a season, he can get on with it. And he has also talked to Ange about how much he wants to win and his desire to do it. Listen, he just does it with a smile on his face. He's clearly loving life at Celtic. He's scored, and, and, and why would he not? He's playing on a wonderful team. He's got great teammates about him that provide incredible amounts of chances for, a, for him every week. Every striker's dream. And he's mm. going to go on for a what? Probably what? 35 goal plus season I mean as Kenny said earlier Charles look at you know the way he tracked back in that that one incident in the game the, the, the effort he puts in he does get his goal it's not exactly a guy that's not taking it seriously is it? Now, I'm not for one second saying a guy doesn't put an effort especially when it comes to running etc the guy's a legend what a footballer he is I'm not putting him down for his ability but his, his attitude there at that time and certain other times he needs to get a wee bit of steel and then, as far as the uh, the point to come back to is on where what you're saying uh, he's, he's good enough for, sorry if he's bringing a, a wee bit of happiness there and he is but remember we never stop uh, we always want to keep getting better and you can always keep getting better if there's any way you can get better you know, he'd lost focus in my mind he'd lost focus before he was taking that penalty kick there was no focus he didn't have his, his game face on eyes in the prize looking at too much other, other things look at the goal look at the ball put the ball in the net that's what he should have been doing at that point there. he should have been getting professional there he's not unprofessional though, Charles, is he? Because he, he's a what a, the half a post width away from scoring the penalty. Well, exactly. Well, and that's what it takes. I'm not as good as a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody does need to tell Kyogo that there is no room for happiness and joy anywhere in Scottish football, and that players are much more appreciated if they're dripping with hate and resentment. That's what I've taken from this. Well, had he scored the penalty, he would have been the quickest Celtic striker to 50 goals since Charlie Nicholas 40 years ago. Um, that gives you an indication of the impact that Kyogo has made in Scottish football. Yes, he will extend a hand and help pick up a fallen opponent. Um, yes, he will have a smile on his face at, at moments that maybe Charles thinks he should have his game face on. But I think that's just Kyogo. That's just the type of person he is. He seems to be happy at his work And at his work Celtic are getting the best out of him mm, Charles, Derek McInnes felt Oh, should have been sent off, do you agree? Uh, for oh, the, high, the high boot um, 50-50 on that one It was uh, nah, yeah, If they sent him off You, you, you would have argued mm. um, 50-50 50-50 Okay, thank you to Charles Let's hear from both managers Starting with the home boss Everything you want against Celtic wasn't there, a strong start. We played the part in the, uh, in the downfall, really, of our own part in that in terms of the cheapness of the goals. I think from there on in, we lost all we ever thought. It was a 20-minute period, it was like a car crash, just watching it and <coughs> unfold. I thought we were a better team second half in terms of chances created and showing a bit more personality, but it was a commander team I wanted to see from the start, not really from, from 30 minutes in. That 20-minute period was so difficult for everybody to watch from a commander pers uh, perspective. Look, I thought the first half was very outstanding. Um, as good as footballs we played all year in terms of, you know, the way we moved the ball, the way we moved ourselves you know, on the pitch. And, uh, you know, after last week, a big win, obviously you, you, you're kind of looking at where the boys' focus is. But, 
I thought it was important we started with a real good intent today and I think they did that. And uh, It is important because, you know, in a perfect world, you design your team to be playing its best football at the most important part. Um, that's not discounting the fact that you've got to be in this position to start with, so we've had to be pretty strong all year. But, you know, this is the time of the year where things get decided and you want to be playing your best football. And um, like I said, I thought the attitude of the lads today was, was, was first rate. Um, it's not an easy pitch to play on. You know, a difficult opponent who obviously desperate for points. So, you know, you can kind of just come here and... and try and get three points and, and move on but we came here with the intent to, to play our football Granted it wasn't in that specific clip there Derek McInnes though um, very unhappy that all wasn't sent off Roger well, what was your view on that well, incident? Technically he didn't say he was unhappy that all should have been sent off he was unhappy sure. at the inconsistency yeah. because Kyle Vassell was sent off for a very similar challenge against Hibs at Easter Road lost his appeal and missed the next game um, so he was just asking for consistency I think he said I don't want to see you sent off But I didn't want to see Kyle Vassell sent off At Easter Road Island So it's another one of these VAR inconsistency mm. complaints what, from, a ref, uh, from a manager What about this Incident in isolation then? Um, I, listen I wasn't convinced I wasn't convinced Kenny? Listen The, the foot's above the head You know So it can It could be looked upon As, as you're endangering an opponent But it never made they never made any contact mm. with it with the guy. So again, I don't like to see players because he's not he's not went in to hurt someone there. He's put his mm. foot up to try and make contact with the ball. But let's be honest, his foot is away above the player's head. So you know, maybe a 50 50 is right. Again, whether he, if you get it, then you're fair enough. But what Dell's obviously talking about is the is the inconsistencies yeah. of the I think most people thought the Vassell one was a nonsense, don't they? So I always say this you, you we can't have it both ways. If that one's a nonsense, you don't then use that as your barometer of what it should look like. Yeah, but it's just like, weird logic. Yeah, I, I understand that logic, but you can also see where Derek McInnes is oh, you coming from. Okay, you could tell Kyle Vassell's body, like he runs up to the ref. Yeah. And he's almost trying to get across that I got sent off or something similar. I mean, the like, good thing is it's no, it's no affected the result. Yeah, that's that's yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. it's not been a really tight game, and it could have cost them or, or, or could have given them an advantage. You know, and it's, the game was done. Listen, it was a weekend when Kenny agrees with VAR. I mean, that was a stonewall red card for Graham Shinney and Friday night. Well, yeah. you know, I'm no, you know, and you know, I'm no Roger. <laughs> uh, we I'm might get to that because in the Appeal has gone in today So there we go If you want to get your thoughts in You can do Rangers fans come on Where are you Michael Beale Said it was a horror show At the back But you scored five And it ended up being Very convincing So what did you make Of the game On Saturday Todd Cantwell Got Kenny's man of the weekend Are you starting to really like What you're seeing from him Are there any players You're not liking What you're seeing 01419511025 Let us know 01419511025 Let us know is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 01419511025 If you'd like to join us And we'd love to have you And you can tweet as well At Clyde SSB Rangers fans How do you look back on The weekend Specifically the 90 minutes Because there's a lot there And maybe more generally Still those feelings That are Ticking away about maybe being impressed with the, the future For like Raskin and Cantwell etc And maybe there are other players who are making you a bit more concerned about the future That seemed to be the feeling on Saturday certainly on the phones um, So let us know if you agree or disagree on 01419511025 Michael Beale said the defending or some of it was a horror show However he thinks it was convincing in the end And was especially pleased with their final goal They've been going great guns, and to be fair to them, Stephen set them up to come and press us today, play with the two strikers, and I thought they did have a go. I thought our first goal was an excellent one, some really good play, and then you're hoping that we kick on, but what I thought we did is we overindulged a little bit. We've become a little bit tippy-tappy. We forgot that when we lose the ball, we have to go and press and be fast across the grass, and I thought we'd become passive. 
I was really annoyed with the first goal. We take nothing away from the boy, O'Hara. It was a fantastic strike. But if you rewind back, we've got a 4v3 in the attack. We're very wasteful in that moment. And our reaction was dreadful from everybody. From Todd after shooting, from the reaction of people running back, the back forward drop off. There's a crossfield ball, we don't get out to it. A cross, another cross, and it's a horror show for us. So I told them that at half time, and they expected us to come out and be better second half. We came, we were, we scored again, and then you're thinking, okay, we'll settle down and go again. We let in another sloppy goal, and then it's the changes from the side, it's the change of shape, it's the changes from the side that go on to to win us the game. It was emphatic in the end. Again, we've had over 20 shots and 75% possession, whatever it is. And the last goal I'm being told is 60 passes. So that's not something that happens very often. You were there, Roger. How, how did it go from horror show to the first five goal haul in over a year in the Scottish Premiership? Yeah, I was really interested speaking to Michael Beale after the game. Just a little audio clip you played, Gordon. Dreadful, sloppy, horror show. Now, that's phraseology that Michael Beale has not used at any stage of his Rangers career so far. And you wonder now that he's got his feet under the table, now that he's edging towards the end of his first season, if he just feels the need to remind the players of what he expects. Because defensively, it wasn't good enough. Ben Davis was hooked at 2-2. Um, he was getting a very difficult time from Curtis May in a week after his mistake in the old firm defeat at Celtic Park. And I think Michael Beale is finding things out about all of his players. He doesn't like some of the things he's finding out about some of his players. And people will say Rangers don't have a lot to play for before the end of the, you know this season. Not at all the case. As well as a Scottish Cup semi-final, there will be players in that Rangers first team squad playing for mm. their future. Yeah, it's funny that, Kenny, because I wonder how much the, the feeling, the mood, everything changed because of... 11 minutes or whatever At the end of the game I, I can detect it You get a feeling for it On shows like this Looking at Twitter and so on At 2 all 10 minutes to go This notion that Ah well the league's over anyway You know th That was about to get blown apart And these phone lines Were about to be red hot With rage um, But the Credit where it's due You go and put on a very convincing Last 10 minutes Doesn't matter when you do it And it totally alleviates All that stuff It does But I, I thought there were they were quite dominant Me and Michael went through the stats there You know when you go over 70% possession You go 23 shots on goal 11 of on target They were quite dominant in that But it doesn't tell the whole Kind of picture of the game St Mirren were in this game mm. It did take two goals It was poor defensively I mean he was talking about that first one He expects his team to be defending when they're attacking If you know what I mean So again And they've been pretty good At Raskin And particularly his positioning Behind the ball To stop that type of goal Was normally good The pitch was probably too big And then he had opportunities To deal with cross after cross Nobody's getting there And then It's a I mean it's a wonder goal For O'Hara But for, for a Rangers point of view It was really really poor defensively Similar with the second goal You see about four Rangers players Kind of going for the ball mm -hmm. I think it was Suter Eventually heads it He ends up falling down And O'Hara again takes a touch And another wonderful finish But they were controlling, they did have chances and then they capitalised on those chances towards the end and they scored some really, really good goals. He talked about the first goal. It was really, really good play with, the, with all the forward players involved uh, and then obviously the, the 60 pass goal, it says, that's that's really, really rare and it was rounded off with a wonderful finish for Scotty Arfield. He's, he's not been in for a huge number of games, Michael Beale, but, you know, go back to his first game, the Thursday night at home to Hibs, won the game, but he conceded a couple of goals. Few days later, they went to Petodre, won the game, but he conceded a couple of goals. 
Celtic at New Year They conceded two goals Even when they won at Motherwell The other week Gordon They conceded two goals Patrick then, Thistle yeah. as well Conceded two goals they, Then conceded three at Celtic Park And then two at home to St yeah, I think it's nine you in know, the last six league games yeah, isn't it? You, you know You're not going to win Week in week out As is demanded of Rangers If you keep allowing the opposition To score two goals a week uh, What did you On one hand Kenny Michael Beale's just opened all the time anyway You know Win, lose or draw No matter where things are sitting in that week But Roger's sort of assessment Maybe it was a good opportunity To to go public with a bit of criticism Is, is that something you, so. you get? I think so When the manager When, you, when you've won a game 5-2 And you've, you've scored some really really good goals And there was some really good attack and play within the game Then as I said When you've got that amount of the ball there, are, there is a real element of control for it But this was different for Motherwell First half where they were in real control It was different to Dundee, Dundee United Where there was real control They were actually really really good And they were attacking with good numbers They had good movement They were creating chances when you've just won 5-2 It's a wonderful time To have a wee poke at your players Just to kind of maybe shake them up Because what's coming up Is a massive game in two weeks time And Roger's right There's going to be futures up for grabs If the first two signings Of the Michael Beale era Are anything to go by There's going to be signs Moving into a, a really important summer For Rangers Yeah I mean Todd Cantwell Let's hear from Michael Beale on him He's pleased with his contribution so far It's really good to see him Getting in the box and scoring And obviously the assist uh, At the end of the the long move It seemed like we had the ball forever But the assist He drives through the gap And and slides Scotty in Delighted for Scotty That's like a a showcase reel Of Scotty's career Isn't it Running off the back of people And scoring Um, It was a great finish In terms of Todd Todd's playing well There's more to come I'm going to stay on him You know I'm going to stay on him And make sure we get the player That I think's within him that he deserves to to show everyone that ultimately I think will really help Rangers moving forward. So uh, I'd like to see him in the first half when he's in and around the box. Uh, I'd like to see him put his laces through one or two and not be so soft in his shooting. Uh, having said that, he is doing well. So I don't want to seem like Mr Grumpy, but I want more from him because I, f- I see it, it's there. So why would I not demand more from him? Why would he not demand more from himself? And I think that's what he needs from me. He's not the only one. The crowd seem to like him. He's collecting the man in the matches now. So he's certainly uh, uh, the crowd's favourite at this moment in time. William is a Rangers fan on the line. Is he one of the main positives at the moment, William? Gordon, uh, Roger and Rangers legend, Kenny Miller. Hi William. Hi yeah. William. Yeah, well, as yeah, my point was to the producer was right. I'd like to talk up Michael Beale, right? If you give me time, I'll, I'll try and get through it quickly, right? Uh, he's managing this uh, thing for Giovanni Bambrokers, right? It was a bit of a disaster for him. So he's come in, he's done brilliantly, right? And Cantwell and Raskin is his two signings, right? And they're, they're getting man of the matches every week. See, he's getting it, or he's getting it in the, in the Rangers team, right? I thought Raskin was brilliant at Parkhead, right? That's just, if they're the level of two signings that's coming in, as Kenny stated, right? I reckon there'll be six players Michael Beale's going to sign in the summer, which is going to start for Rangers, right? And if they two level of signings are what we're going to look forward to, I think it's going to be good for Rangers, right? I want two, Kenny will like this one, I want two strikers, right? And I've said this to him, I want two strikers, one that will score 30 goals, like the one that Celtic have got, right? And your backup is going to chip in with 15 to 20. That's what we need. And uh, Michael Beale, we can't say he's not done a good job. He's come in, he's done brilliant. I think it's a wee bit similar to Gerard, where it'll take his time, because he came in, we couldn't get to Celtic, but then we started to beat them, overtake them. I think that's just got the Michael Beale progression. What do you think, guys? Well, you don't want much, William. 
50 goals between your two strikers We don't like that Kenny Miller Oh we'd love that I absolutely love that I mean I think It's hard to disagree With a lot that William says To be honest with you I do I mean there's been a lot Thrown at the Rangers recruitment Over the last couple of summers But all we can judge Michael on Is the first two signings Is his is, is tenure And at the moment They look very very good uh, And if that is signs of, of what's coming in the summer Then Rangers will be In a far better place Next year to challenge It'll be where he signs them will be really really interesting And that might depend on who departs So there is a big summer ahead uh, I do agree with William as well I feel Michael's done a wonderful job Since he's been in the building The the improvement is there for all to see Yes they lost the cup final Yes they lost an old firm game at Celtic Park But let's be honest There's been better teams over the over the years That have yeah. lost cup finals and, and lost the old firms at Celtic Park What he needs to do is, is It's a massive game in a couple of weeks Listen it's not going to decide Whether he's going to be the Rangers manager or not But what it's going to do is It's, got, it's his last chance for silverware uh, Rangers fans demand silverware And, and rightly so but if the summers, if these signings are anything to go by, Rangers will be in a far better place because they'll have a real strong pre-season under Michael as well. He'll get them to where they want to be. And I'm sure, again, this goes for probably every team, but he'll want his business done and his business done early. And by the sounds of it, I think he said pre-match, they're at the checkout and waiting. Yeah, that, it was interesting to hear him. He was speaking at the tail end of last week after Ross Wilson departed for Nottingham Forest, just saying that a lot of the plans for the summer were already in place. It was just a you know a case of pressing a button in those deals. He seemed quite comfortable. He said he would fill the void in the, in the short term and and just you know make sure all these deals get over the line. So he did seem comfortable with it. He said already, Gordon, he's looking at five in the summer. As Kenny says, that might even increase. You know, look at the guys who are still out of contract. There's no news on Morelos or Kent or Jack or McGregor and many others. So five at the minute. And if they are of the quality of Cantwell or Raskin, then I think William and the Rangers fans will probably be quite pleased. Yeah, cause, like, you know the way Glasgow works. There's obviously there's always that counter which just says some people will just shrug their shoulders and say, "Yep, they're going to do it against Celtic." You know that's that becomes yeah. like the the barometer, doesn't it? Um, but ultimately, you play a lot of games that aren't against Celtic. You need to make sure you're taking care of them in convincing fashion to get yourself in a in a position when those games come around. On the on the flip side, are there any players that? Aren't impressing you at the moment, William? Um, uh, the man, your man Davis at the back. I think see your man Sir for, for, for the time he's not played right. I think he's except for that one mistake. I think he's been absolutely brilliant for the Rangers. He looks, he looks quite assured. Uh, your man lost him. I think he's done. Uh, Kent, we didn't, we didn't miss. Um, Flashing for Carlos should be playing every week, in my opinion. Uh, he shouldn't be trapped. He's, he's a goal threat. He scores goals. Um, Kamara's done. He should be sell. Um, Barisic is the consistent. He's been very good. McGregor could be time up. I can go on and on and on, but what do you think? Listen, that's an interesting one, right? The headline injury news from the tail end of last week was was really Ryan Kent because we knew that Conor Goldson was out already. And with no offence meant Ryan Jack has his injury issues now and then anyway So is there a scenario If we're talking about this impressive attacking performance That you two witnessed And if Rangers go and do the same At Pataudry without Ryan Kent Do we arrive in a realistic situation Where Ryan Kent isn't missed as William says And doesn't start a semi-final against Celtic I think the way that Rangers are playing at the moment They do have players that can fill The role that Ryan Kent has been playing under Michael Previously when he's playing on the left hand side Up in front of that front three Yes he likes to come inside and he can wander But predominantly he's been out there on the left hand side Now you've got Cantwells You've got Tillmans 
You've got Arfields who come if in it, and score if, if they play right. that kind of narrow way, like, mm. like a, a three in midfield and or a four in midfield. He's called it sometime with the two strikers. Because see if you when you see the way the two strikers play, they play on sides of the pitch. You know, so you've got Morelos mm-hmm. who's playing off one side, Sakala. They've done the exact same with Cholak and Sakala at Hibs, and it worked a treat. They were excellent that night and scored a lot. Scored four, probably should have scored more. So uh, <laughs> I just think there is there's other players now that can fill it if Ryan Kent's not available. Mm-hmm. Listen, if Ryan Kent's fit, I would expect him to play. Yeah, I, still, I, I, I always, would. regardless of I, everything. No, no, I don't think it, it's not as that. But I think when if you're t- talking about two players to play, and I still think maybe him and Cantwell could be the two that would play in that position, maybe ahead of a Jack and a Raskin. It, it does need to it does need to play and affect the game more which mm-hmm. I do think when since Michael's came back in he has done I get it in the old firm games in the cup finals and the big games it's potentially no affected that as much but I still think he might be one of the best to play that position uh, Roger the assessment from William we had, a, we had a fair few actually after the game on Saturday I feel like Ben Davies got a bit of stick I feel like John Lundstrom is getting a bit of stick is it fair or was it over the top uh, Ben Davies didn't play well you don't know whether it's a legacy Whether his confidence took a hit Off the back of the mistake at Celtic Park the week before But from very early in the game He looked ropey There was a moment where I think it was Greg Kilty Went down under his challenge um, When he was trying to run through and go Referee wave play on I thought he got away with that one Tony Watt nipped the ball off his toe In the first half as well And then in the build up To St Mirren's second equaliser um, Curtis Main just terrorised him Got across in which James Tavernier headed behind for a corner Rangers didn't clear the corner and Mark O'Hara scored the second goal And very shortly after that he was replaced by Glenn Kamara With John Lundstrom moving back into the back four um, He didn't look comfortable I don't know if it's a confidence issue He's only played a couple of games beside John Souter He looked better alongside Connor Goldson But it'll be fascinating to see long term What Michael Beale's preferred pairing becomes Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, it's a new week on Beat the Pundit. A clean slate. Let's see what we can come up with. I'm hoping for a strong week for the listeners, I must be honest. So if you fancy it tonight, it's 0141 951 1025. You give us a call before 7 o'clock and it could be you who takes on Roger Hanna or Kenny Miller. So get in touch. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 01419511025 And you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB So please do If you're just joining us We looked back on an eventful day at Rugby Park yesterday Lots of Celtic fans full of praise for the first 20 minutes or so Some praise for Iwata and Kobayashi the guys in here not fully having the suggestions that O could have been sent off. If there's anything you think we've missed, Kelly fans, it would be nice uh, to hear from you. We spoke a bit about Rangers' performance at Ibrooks as well. Still lots to come. Any St Johnston fans out there? I know we don't hear from many, but you've sacked your manager. Is it the right call or the wrong call at this stage in the season? And how do you look back on Callum Davidson's time in charge? And we'll speak to James McPeak, League One Title winner At the weekend as well So lots to get through But give us a call Right now Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football I like a Monday night That fills me with optimism That we can get something done For the listeners Get them up Strike first As Derek McInnes said Don't go behind early Um, But you do Two decent pundits in here On a Monday night I'm afraid Aidan You fancy your chances? 
Uh, I'll, give it, I'll go see what happens That's the spirit And I must admit Aidan I can throw these things out there And hope that nobody checks But I reckon you're a history maker I don't think we've ever had a Montrose fan On Beat the Pundit Sum up life as a Montrose fan this season um, As you'd asked me six years ago If I'd be disappointed at being sitting seventh in League One I probably would have laughed at you But yeah it's been a bit of a A so-so season in comparison to the last few years When we've, we've reached the playoffs But I won't complain too much Just think Aidan If Paul Watson can score his first goal in two years You can win Beat the Pundit I reckon you could outpace Paul Watson A majority of the time to be fair No I would disagree with that Gordon Duncan did see me in sportswear As he described (laughs) it in our day So there's a possibility Leisure wear It was remarkable Um, Aidan To be fair though You are up against the Palmerston Pep this weekend So if you can put him in his place Make sure it's a miserable weekend For two weeks in a row We'll be forever grateful Okay I'm off on Saturday So I might go down and boo him Lovely Get, <laughs> Hurl all sorts of abuse You have uh, you have our permission um, Heads it will be Roger Hanna And tails it will be Kenny Miller You get any Montrose facts You want to give us? No, I should leave yeah. them to Roger yeah. um, Well you can play Beat the Pundit instead It's tails oh. So what we'll do Is give some greatest hits radio Nice and loud To the ear of Kenny Miller And we'll get the clock ready Aiden It's 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can and you're more than welcome to pass and move on to the next one if you fancy it, okay? Yeah, nice one. Right, top man then, your time starts now. Name any trophy Callum Davidson won as St Johnston manager. Scottish Cup. Who is bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Uh, Kilmarnock. Outside the old firm, who's the only team in the Premiership with a positive goal difference? Aberdeen. Who were crowned league winners in League One at the weekend? Dunfermline. Which side suffered the biggest defeat of the weekend across the SPFL? Oh, Cove. Who's got more international caps, James Forrest or James McCarthy? James McCarthy. Name any Scottish manager in the English Championship. Alex Neil. Okay, let's bring back Kenny Miller. Kenny, can you hear us? Got us now? Good man. 30 seconds on the clock. It's the same set of questions. And your time starts now Name any trophy Callum Davidson won as St Johnston manager Who's bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Ross County Outside the old firm Who's the only team in the Premiership with a positive goal difference? Dundee Who were crowned League One winners at the weekend? Which side suffered the biggest defeat of the weekend across the SPFL? Who's got more international caps? James Forrest or James McCarthy? James Forrest Name any Scottish manager in the English Championship. David Moyes. Oh, this. and who's got the smallest stadium capacity in the Scottish Premiership? Livingston. Okay, what do you think, Aidan? I've got a funny feeling we might be on for a tie here. Mm, first one, you both got it. Callum Davidson. Easy question to get you yeah. up and running because he won them both Scottish Cup and League Cup. So it's one all. Bottom of the Premiership. Sorry, Aidan. It's Ross County. Kenny goes one in front. The only. Team in that you just I'm head just, scrambled yeah, here. Only place. team in the Premiership oh, with right. a positive goal difference, apart from the old firm, is Hearts, and it's only plus two. <laughs> so, so people have been questioning certain aspects of the competitiveness uh, of the league this weekend. So there we go. You both got them firmly. So well done. It's three two. Uh, to Kenny The biggest defeat in the SPFL I just thought you might be a lower league specialist Aidan It was Stranraer They lost 8-0 8-0 oh, wow. to East Fife Hence why they changed their manager yep. At the weekend yeah. as well Roger Hanna So 4-2 Kenny Miller But 
There was life left in Aidan Because your 50-50 went Aidan's way James McCarthy has got 42 James Forrest 38 Not much in it um, uh, Name any Scottish manager in the English Championship I jumped in earlier jumped I in. jumped in I was waiting for the Premiership and to come Aidan got Alex Neil And equalised Then Aidan ran out of questions Which meant if yep. you had just told me That Ross County Had the oh, smallest yeah. capacity okay. You would have won it You went Livy There can't be much in that Producer Michael is there? I think it's Livy Be a bit ten huh? Not much he's saying he's, He looks, <laughs> he looks well, panicky He looks panicky as if it might be No I think it's Ross County I think Did Livy not get more streets in When Kenny was manager? <laughs> I'll tell you what they've done though They've taken seats out To put media stuff in there So nah, yeah, yeah, I've checked the recent numbers He's tool built out To get a nice wee media <laughs> desk in there Right uh, Here is the Here's the deal Right I'm going to read the tiebreaker I will Get Kenny to write his answer down And I'll then invite you Why to is everybody smiling here Is this a crazy one to, Yeah they're both crazy I've got two yeah. options And they're both wild Which one would you like me to go for Producer Michael Number two I like it Okay um, Right here it is You ready This is ridiculous Since Rangers <laughs> Come on Since Rangers returned To the Premiership What is their overall goal difference Oh my goodness I mean, seriously It's just a guess We need to separate you anyway So, since Rangers returned to the Premiership What is their overall goal difference? Kenny Miller's now counting the seasons Hurry up right, How many go... seasons is it? I don't mind telling you both Plus No, don't, don't, don't say it Write it down Oh, nearly Right, okay Aidan, what's your attempt? Uh, I'll go 260 Okay, Kenny, show me your paper Oh, right I need a calculator for this, I think do I? Who's <laughs> the winner? My arithmetic makes me struggle. <laughs> there we are. Now nah, even I, I think, can handle this oh, one. Too much. You panic, yeah? Kenny's gone 50, too high. 50, the answer is Rogers. Very close. The answer is three hundred and fifteen. Uh, so well done to rubbish. you, Aiden. Oh, smashing! Oh, smart. I was expecting more than that, Aiden. Where did you go? Six hundred and oh, something. Poor, aye. Yeah. Get your count an extra season. Yeah. Well done, Aiden. The sign ball. I don't know if we've, well, we won't have ever sent one to Montrose before, um, but we'll get the producer on it. Well done. Nice one. Thanks very much. Good man. Well done, Aiden. I'm a Montrose fan. I'm be the pundit. Who knew Roger Hanna? Absolutely. Such a thing was possible. And, and on behalf of the pundits, if I can quote Gordon Dale, if we're going to lose one, lose one early. Yeah, exactly. Plenty of Plenty time, time this week. To recover I think it's because you're th throw I mean to be fair You're now a, f a fairly regular On a Monday night as well But maybe Friday w Alongside Hugh Keevans That's when you feel At your best You're most confident I jumped in with that question On the Premier I was waiting on the Premiership no, To come in And no, the Championship Threw me in the last nightmare. minute Nothing worse Anyway 01419511025 Apparently Wolfman's got Nards Is on Twitter Says that Montrose fan Aidan Sounded exactly like Graham Soonis Did he? <laughs> It's not something I noticed I oh, must no, admit I didn't him back sure on I do a Soonis impression uh, Anyway you, you, you think Graham Soonis comes on And does beat the pundit Just under a false name Because he doesn't want Us to know who he is Yeah I'm thinking Unlikely If, yeah. if, if I'm being honest Yeah I would, I would say so It wouldn't be That wouldn't be the backstory We'd make up either is it Yeah I Would you go on trolls You know if you were trying to th Just make something up About your Football allegiance Yeah No Nah You'd go no. air like you do <laughs> Depot Again at your the weekend man, he did. He You're did getting more did. excited than me now When you're shouting these goals oh, in On a Saturday afternoon Some man honestly And what about the What about the championship How good is yeah, that going to be It's bonkers Nobody seems to want to win it You know James McPake Sealed League 1 title With that 5-0 win against Queen of the South At the weekend 
He's going in to this madhouse that is the championship next season. Um, you know, Queen's Park get back to winning ways narrowly against Hamilton Friday night. And you thought Dundee were, were going to blow up 3-1 down at home to Morton and Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Kwame Thomas got a couple near the end, gets it back to 3-3. They're a point clear. And then just look at the games you've got. Inverness play in advance of their cup semi-final weekend. They go to Hamilton. So they'll have played a game more than the rest by tomorrow night. They could go into the top four for the first time all season tomorrow night. Friday night, Air fourth, Queen's Park second, go head-to-head at Somerset, where Air beat them 5-0 Earlier in the season And then Saturday Inverness again At home to Dundee Great games And all finishes on a Friday night Queen's Park against Dundee Imagine it was a Friday night shootout To win the championship Is, uh, incredible. is, is producer Chris thinking of a special Friday night super scoreboard show? Ooh, By the way I would, oh, don't know good, good question on uh, Beat the Ponder How many Fridays is Queen's Park played on? Every Friday <laughs> night is Queen's Park yeah. I don't know if there's an advantage well, or a disadvantage, I don't know. Well, he's always, Rangers always seem to play yeah, first, don't they? Twice, um, as, twice as much a chance, though, because the game there on Friday night wasn't a telly game. The game last Friday was simply because of the ground share the of Oakville View. Yeah, so it's Dennis yeah. get priority for Oakville View, so they have to move the games forward. Yeah, anyway, Martin's a St Mirren fan on the line. Martin, what's your point for the guys tonight? Hi, thanks very much for letting us on. It was really to say with COVID not affecting player fitness anymore, why aren't they going back to three subs? Uh, St Martin's game on Saturday was just the latest example of where the old firm's ability to bring on a string of international players late in a game has destroyed our chances in those games. But more generally, and maybe more importantly, football's crying out for more competition with the big rich teams, not real changes that make it even more difficult to close the gap. I suppose the thing is, Martin, the clubs voted for it. Does that that surprise you that smaller clubs voted for it, given how unequal financially our league is They voted for it At a time When There was an issue There isn't that issue anymore No they voted after that As well though To keep it No I did I didn't realise that yeah. I guess there's certain things That sway decision making In Scottish football For instance Why are we Not following the English example In Benton Perhaps because The two old firm Teams are both Sponsored by Benton So there are, there's a there's, there's a power imbalance in Scottish football that's sometimes reflected in these decisions. I know what you mean about the substitutes, Martin. I'll, I'll go down a strange avenue for you here. I used to watch the England rugby coach, Eddie Jones, the old rugby coach. This and, is the strangest of avenues. When, no, no. When they went to seven subs in rugby, he called them his finishers and had planned out when they would come on, who they would come on for, and he actually kept players back, guys who may have started in the team were held back for the bench because he felt they had the qualities in the last 20 yeah. or 30 minutes of a game and the opposition was tiring. And you always thought, well, that's a bit unfair, the depth of talent the English rugby team has compared to some of the teams who are taking on. And Martin's right. That is now what's happening in Scottish football because of the depth. You know, Stephen Robinson mentioned it after the game at Ibrox on Saturday. He was sending on Thierry Small at 18 or 19, Kieran Offord at 18 or 19, and Rangers were sending on... Yanis Hadji, Glenn Kamara, Rabi Matondo, uh, you know, three international mm-hmm. players, Scott Arfield, four international players at that stage. So I can understand where Martin's coming from. I understand where Stephen Robinson's coming from. But the clubs did vote for it. Are you surprised they voted for it? The smaller no. clubs, Kenny? No. no. 
Because they only play against Rangers and Celtic yeah. three times each So, so you've got another 30-32 games Depending on where you finish Well you league. hope you can benefit but from it Absolutely And I guarantee every single club will have benefited from it At some point mm-hmm. By putting a sub on who makes an impact It was after the third sub yeah. Or by the way They get a player injured late on And they've got the ability to bring somebody else on I get it When you're playing against Rangers and Celtic It becomes unfair Again there's even more subs on now So you can even put more guys on the bench That are actually able to come mm-hmm. on You don't maybe need to think as much As who you're putting on the bench Anyway Mark Why you bother about Rangers subs you're about to get in the top six for the first time since 1985. Come on, talk up, St. Mirren. Absolutely, it's been a fantastic season. I think Stephen Robinson has done a remarkable job, an absolutely brilliant job. And I want to publicly apologise to him as well because I was one of the idiots at the end of the game and we were <laughs> stuffed 2 nothing in the League Cup that was calling him for everything at the end of the game. So, uh, what, what a job he's done, and, and it's been brilliant to watch, and it's been great. And I wish I was as super confident as you are, Roger, that we're, that we're there. Because uh, I've been a Simon fan, we're always worried about a wee hiccup at the end, but I'm pretty sure we'll do it. I'm pretty sure we'll do it. Well, I know a couple of St. Mirren fans who say that the worst team they could be playing at home to is Kilmarnock, because Kilmarnock have taken two points away from home. All season And the St Mirren fans logic is Well if they're going to get a win somewhere They're going to get a win in Paisley That sounds uh, like a doomsday scenario that doesn't it Martin? That's <laughs> yeah. a glass half empty approach that surely No no I'm sure we'll do it I'm sure we'll do it And if we don't do it Big Jim will help us uh, up at Dundee United I think How good's Marco Harra been? Really good Really good He's been uh, The midfield has been outstanding all season Him, Erehon before he went Bacchus as well uh, Gogic since he moved into midfield as well Been tremendous Really really good Best part of the team Yeah certainly going to be An interesting race For that top six European spots as well Relegation There is a lot to celebrate um, Going on to the end of the season It is an interesting one though Because the subs Is just one part of it There is a lot of soul searching And I'll be honest We could do A week of shows on this Never mind the next Three minutes Or whatever I'm going to expect From you But about You know gaps And how big the gap is between the big two and others and is it the biggest it's ever been I think financially it is and therefore it's bound to be reflected to, to a point in terms of the footballing level and then when it gets to the head-to-heads because I, I take your point Ken I remember that thinking well there must be a reason the clubs have gone for it they must know it's going to be a miserable afternoon against the old firm which it would be anyway potentially this maybe Subs bit of probably subs. makes it worse um, but th- there must be something they must just see that it gives them the chance to do it in the the so-called winnable fixtures but it is, it is some gap, isn't it? When you look at the points total, that Rangers are going to finish second with a points total that would have won you a number of leagues in seasons gone by. You look at the head-to-heads, they're not even that close. If you're talking Saturday, St Mirren were good. St Mirren go to Ibrox and score twice. Rangers were talking about defensive horror show and Rangers win 5-2, Roger. So that... It's, yeah. I think a lot of people are, are looking at subs and money And all this sort of stuff To think well, The gap's just huge Yeah the gap is big And you can tell that When Rangers who, who are 12 points behind Celtic Rangers are going and scoring Four at Easter Road They're scoring four at Tencastle They're scoring three at Pataudry. Um That tells you where The rest of the league is But below that It is competitive I think Martin's team St Mirren Are the one that's probably Bucking the trend Because you would expect Aberdeen, Hearts and Hibs To be in that top six um, Stephen Robinson said I think he used the phrase There's nothing Structurally in place At the football club To suggest we're a top six side So that shows you You know The quality they've done mm. Livingston as well You know They might sneak into the top six Depending on results at the weekend But The, the majority of the league Is panning out Gordon 
the way the budgets would dictate it would pan out, you would think. Uh, the top two are the top two. The three other big city sides are in the top six. Well, Dundee United would be a major outlier on that. I would, I would have thought, well, yeah, listen, if St Mirren and Levy are going to be punching above their weight, somebody therefore needs to punch beneath their weight. And this season, mm. that's been Dundee United. But I mean, certainly, Kenny, like we said, the head to heads. Because we, we we get weeks or nights on here where there's like a perception of crisis at Rangers because they can't beat Celtic. It's got nothing to do with all the rest. Nobody's really laying a glove on either of them at the moment. You know, and I think it's, it's I think it's more than just gap in money and because the Rangers and Celtic have always spent more money. Yeah, but that's the always spent, I, but, and I also think Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen are still spending probably more yeah. money than what they have done in recent years. What I think they've got now is they've got clearly they've got the better players because of the mm-hmm. amount of money they're spending. I think they've got two top coaches as well sure. who have them set Getting up the most out of it. Ab, uh, yeah, mm. and how they've got them set up to attack, how they've got them set up to defend, uh, and and they're getting the best out of the players that they've got in front of them. The only thing, Roger, on that is I read an interesting piece in the, I think it was the Athletic at the weekend, talking about, we sometimes do that, Rangers and Celtic have always had, always had more money, but if you actually look at how much more money, yeah. and the article at the weekend was talking about 1994, right, Rangers were the top spenders in, in the league at that point, 7.7 million, right, 7.7 million, so 1994, that was only... Just over double Aberdeen Aberdeen were 2.9 So just over double Whereas at the moment Celtic are 10 times what, what Aberdeen's is So that gap is growing And you're seeing it I know and listen Obviously in Scotland We are most interested in Scottish football And the idiosyncrasies In Scottish football You can probably mirror that Throughout Europe Do you think Europe. so? Yeah I think, I think, do, you think there, I think, do you think there's a gap Anywhere where Team 1 has 10 times The budget of Team 3? Be fascinated to see what the likes of Bayern Munich and some of the you know the, the, the Bayern Munich have won about ten mm. straight titles. Um, you know P- PSG until they, they, they slipped last year had won something like seven or eight straight titles. And Holland it's normally a shootout between Ajax and PSV. Although it looks as if Feyenoord are going to win the league this season. Portugal is a shootout between Benfica and Porto. You know, in a lot of countries, look down south. Now I, I know the budgets will not. You know. Are, don't really compare But Man City will have The biggest budget in there And will win the league mm. In all likelihood For the fifth time in six years So it, it's not just in Scotland That happens now And this is where All the European money We talked last week Gordon Robbie Nielsen gets sacked Because he's putting The six million pound European bounty At risk If Hearts Get the six million pounds As they did last season The gap To Hibs and Aberdeen Will worry Hibs and Aberdeen mm-hmm. fans and thank you very much to Martin 01419511025 If you want to get in touch Something really important I want to run past you first though Cash for Kids Day Clyde One right, Cash for Kids Day Is just over a week away Thursday the 27th of April That's the big day We're all going to join together To try and help children Affected by the cost of living crisis But you don't even have to wait Until then to get involved Because We've got an unbelievable competition that you can enter right now. It's at that time of the year. If you're like me, you'll all be desperate. You can win a seven-night family holiday to the gorgeous island of Fuerteventura. You fly from Edinburgh on the 5th of August and head for the Dunas Club Apartments. We're talking white sand beaches, turquoise waters, waves, all the rest of it, and give you a week of relaxation and excitement, all thanks to the lovely folk at Barhead Travel who've donated this holiday. And as if that wasn't enough... Our friends at 101 Convenience Store have very kindly donated €500 spending money as well. Now, entries to the competition are just £3 
And all of that goes to Cash for Kids to help local families who really need it. So it's like the ultimate win-win. But the full details and entry for online at Clyde1.com forward slash CFK Day. Best of luck. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here. It's 0141-951-1025. And if you'd rather tweet us, you can do as well. You'll find us there at Clyde SSB. If you want to get in touch, let me just stand corrected. By the way, when I said before the break... That article I was reading about budgets and all that And Celtics was about 10 times Aberdeen It was 6 times, not 10 My apologies, it's been a long Monday I hope you'll forgive me But anyway, 01419511025 on the phones Let's bring in a man The first man in Scotland this season in fact To manage one of our professional clubs to the league title It's Dunfermline boss James McPake joins us James, congratulations, how are you? Thank you, I'm very good Um, Just enjoying the the last couple of days and, and getting ready to hangover and all, but I'm, I'm good, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, it's one of those ones where it's, it's looked on, it's looked likely for a while now. How does it feel to, to get it over the line and do it at this stage of the season? Yeah, we're delighted, obviously, as a group. And there has been a lot of talk, particularly from the, the, the probably the game at home against Falkirk, which I think was uh, the 7th of March. So since then, when the gap opened up a bit, the, the question was, wasn't more are we going to win it? It was kind of when are we going to win it? And, and that brings its pressure in itself as well. But I think I, I said on, on the, in the press after the game, there were only three people in that dressing room that had, had won a league before. Um, so it was new to a lot of us and, and we're just delighted to get it done now. Delighted for the players, for the group and for the football club. Yeah, I'm sure you will. You'll be as delighted for everyone else for sure. Have you had the chance to reflect on what it means to you though? I mean, it must be a special achievement for a manager. Yeah, it is, and I'm probably not at that stage yet because we we have been celebrating and, and we've been proud of what we're doing. But no, look, as a manager, it's as you're proud when you when you get some success. I had a little bit at Dundee when we we got to the Premiership uh, via the playoffs, but this one feels feels really special. Having won a league, I know Kenny's there in, in the studio, and Kenny's won a few, so it's. It was a new feeling for me, a new feeling for Dave, and, and as I said, only only three people in that dressing room had done it. So it is a, a very good achievement, and, and just for myself, I'm, I'm proud. But, but you know, in these games, you are in football anyway. It's got a habit of kicking you. So I think that maybe this time I've I made a conscious effort just to, to to soak it all up and enjoy it because it's it can be hard at times. So you have to enjoy these moments. James, it's Roger Hanna Many congratulations Well done I spoke to your goalie Dennis Mehmet last week 33 games played One defeat 19 goals conceded in 33 games Is that the foundation for the title win? I think it has been, Roger um, Not just for Den Dennis, uh, Dennis has been excellent But the team on the whole In terms of the goals we've conceded, the clean sheets we've kept, um, it has been. And it was something when we went in that we wanted to get better at. We had watched a lot of the footage and that's not having a go at Dunfermline last season because that's not my place. But we had conceded a lot of goals for set plays last year, things like that. And we wanted to go in and you go in with the buzzwords that go about a philosophy, a vision or whatnot. But we simply went in to you just try and, and be better defensively as a group and then, then see what we could do 
over the course of the season. So it's that has been probably a thing we've worked hardest on, um, getting that side of the game right. And that starts from, from the strikers and, and right throughout the team. But Dennis has been fantastic. I think he's now beat Ian Westwater's record for most clean sheets in the one season. And I think he's maybe a couple away from from the... I don't know what the record is, but it might even be the the full mm-hmm. the SPFL's clean sheet record for a season so he's been excellent and and the good thing about that is that with three games to play and everything is wrapped up but we've lost one game and we're unbeaten in 21 now and, and we want that to continue so there's a little bit of motivation there for that to continue in the last three games as well It's funny Roger because our resident Dunfermline fan Stephen Mills sent me a stat and it's kind of hurt my head a bit because he says if Dunfermline hadn't scored a goal this season if they hadn't scored any they'd still be 8th in the table because they kept 20 clean sheets now I must admit I can't really figure that out because once you take off Dunfermline's goals scored I don't know what that does to the other teams so um, that'll keep me awake tonight but I see what he's coming from in terms of uh, the defensive performances James I think from Definitely the outside And probably internally as well There's this notion about Dunfermline You know Shouldn't be a League One club They you know, obviously were for a, for a reason Does it Does it feel good to be able to restore a club At least closer I mean some would say in size Maybe even Premiership But you know To be climbing to the, a feeling of Where people believe they should be Yeah but I think that's something that We've tried to explain to the players And something that not annoys a, a strange way of putting it but it's something that's not sat well with us the fact that, that everyone does see a club the size of them firm and a fan base shouldn't be in, in League One but um, the truth about it is we were there for a reason we got relegated um, you've got to whatever league you're in you've got to earn the right to be in it or or the opposite you, you find yourself in a league because you weren't good enough the season before so we had to respect that league um, it is a pretty strong league this year Falkirk are decent Airdrie are decent And, and Edinburgh had a fantastic run And you now see Aloha who are, who are doing well And Marvin's got Queen of the South going well So it's a pretty competitive League One So we were under no illusion That because we were Dunfermline Athletic Because we can get seven, 8,000 fans at home that, that we just had a divine right to go in and win that league. Yeah, we had to we had to get that across to the players and we were very consistent with that message and, and we tried to respect the full league and, and I think we've done that. As now we can now say we're a championship club again. Is a championship where we want to be? Well, no, it's not, but again it's a league that we find ourselves in for, for next season. And but we'll we'll enjoy this moment and we'll enjoy the next couple of weeks and what there's been work going on in the background regarding Recruitment anyway So It's not just because We're promoted now That that, that we start looking For players to, to help our squad We've been doing that But look, we want to get Into the championship We want to be competitive In that league as well And see what happens Hi James It's Kenny Congratulations pal Thanks Kenny Yeah but it must make you feel Even more pleasing Because like you said Dunfermline are a big club They maybe shouldn't be there And that comes with a pressure James You would have went into that job under a pressure to win the league and, and restore the club to the championship and again maybe beyond this year if things go well but you must be pleased for your players to actually stand up to that pressure and go and deliver the results and then like that run Rodgers just says one defeat is it's an incredible run like you say in a really really competitive league Yeah I think that 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 spot on Kenny that that, that was the one that did worry me the fact that, that being and everyone outside and I don't mean pundits I just mean everyone expecting when Dunfermline go to League One then they're just going to walk the league and go and win it and and my worry with that was that the players believed that and, and they thought that's what it was going to be and I think that's why we had to 
from the start, from day one, we, we had to go in and <laughs> not criticise the players, but we had to go in and explain that we're because of a lot of them that were there and obviously some moved on, but but because of a lot of them, obviously, we were in that league. So we had to go in and, and prove that we were good enough to get out of the league. Um, and, and to be fair, the players have bought into that. And, and there was pressure that came with it. Thankfully, we started the season pretty well and, and got on a good run. And, and in, in all the big games as well, this has probably been the most pleasing part of the season for me. And the really big, well, they're all big games, as we know, but the big games that, that carry the big atmospheres, whether that be Falkirk at our place, Falkirk at their place, the game on Saturday when we knew we had to win. Certain games like that, the players have really turned up, so they've shown they can handle the pressure. And I do think that a lot of the players in there had a, had a real point to prove because they were disappointed with last season. And I mean, we, we were quite deliberate on the fact that we wanted to keep most of the squad. We've only signed three, three, three players on permanent. We've been very lucky, good with, with the loan market and some of our loan signings have been excellent but the three players we brought in and Kyle Benedictus Chris Hamilton and Max Little the, the other goalkeeper, that, that's the only three permanent ones we did bring in because we were quite happy with the squad but we knew we had to get the confidence back first and foremost, get them working hard and, and be doing that, we believed we had a good enough squad to compete in that league but yeah, that, that point you made I thought is spot on, It was that, that was the worry for me was that the expectation of being a Dunfermline player or being Dunfermline foot, Athletic Football Club in League One carries that that expectation that, that you get at big clubs and I'm not saying we're a big club but just for the from an outsider looking in in that league then, then we're perceived as a big club And Radio Clyde's resident Dunfermline supporter James Stephen Mill was marching about here saying not only have you gone up You're going to go straight through the championship And up again I'll be delighted, delighted that, to hear that That's a level of expectation You're going to have to deal with next season as well No, well I think Stephen's he's a, he's a good guy I think he's definitely been drinking a lot more than me this weekend <laughs> And that's why that's why he's saying that When he sobers up then I'm, I'm sure the, the realisation will kick in And he'll understand just how hard the championship's going to be like, I respect that league I was in it for two and a half years as a manager So it's a tough league. I've enjoyed watching it this year. It's, it's very competitive. I heard you speaking about it earlier, and but we'll, we'll get these three games out the road. But I'm not going to lie. I heard you talking about the Friday night games. I love them as well. So there's excitement in the championship, and if we can keep keep our fans on board, we we're working hard, we're making them proud. Then then we'll make East End Park a really tough place for any championship team to come to as well. Brilliant, James. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the celebrations before the hard work starts again. Cheers, thank you Good man, that was James McPeak Dunfermline manager uh, Of course leading the pars To the League One title At the weekend In very, very convincing fashion And I suppose You know now Without making James blush And he's he's, he's off the line Roger Maybe Maybe a bit of vindication in there as well That from the outside A lot of people felt The Dundee ending Was very harsh on him um, so it's not always easy And Kenny knows It's an unforgiving environment You then take that in the chin And pick yourself up And go again Yeah and it was a manager Who had managed Championship and Premiership football And he's now gone down To League One He has Shouldered That burden of expectation That he spoke about If you're Dunfermline And you're in the third tier You're expected to go out And win that league Even if Falkirk are in it Even if Airdrie are winning mm-hmm. And it's not always as easy as that So not only has he won it He won it with four games Three or four games to spare Having lost 
One game I think it was away at Montrose Earlier on in the season Don't say you think Roger You know <laughs> where it was You know what the <laughs> score were And who the scorers were He knows the temperature <laughs> that day Aiden was there Aiden <laughs> from Beat the Pundit was there He knows how long the traffic delays were Crossing the Kincardine but Bridge two, He knows the two lot Two things You never see Stephen Milne And Sammy the Tammy together <laughs> That's true Is he the man And Under second the thing They can come up as high as they like as long as they bring the steak bridey with them yeah, I Best agree. snack in Scottish football Wonderful wonderful addition to the championship Right, 01419511025 We've had another managerial sacking this weekend What did you make of it? St Johnson and Callum Davidson parting ways And I'm going to be slightly unfair here It feels like this one has had a bigger knock-on effect On the rest of Scottish football Than previous St Johnston managerial departures Purely because of just how successful Callum Davidson was Previously, does that mean it was the wrong call or had the time come? We'll look at that situation next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can still get us though, still time on 0141951-1025. And we are on Twitter as well. At Clyde SSB So we'll try and get round uh, The final talking points from the weekend That we've not mentioned yet um, Let's see where we're to start Is the obvious one Roger Hanna A managerial departure With not very many games to go It's um, Callum Davidson St Johnston What did you make of it when you heard that news? Um, I have to say I wasn't surprised um, You just got the feeling that St Johnston Were in a bit of free fall um, there's, I think it's two wins from 16 People tend to forget They were in the relegation playoff last season mm. And had to win a second leg at home To Cali Thistle To avoid relegation And I think you know, At a time when the club has been put up for sale By the chairman Steve Brown I think they have to do everything In their power To preserve that premiership place And I think they probably feel Listen Callum Davidson is a legend He always will be St Johnson will never do again What they did two years ago Winning both domestic cups In the same season But I think Callum Davidson time Had probably come to an end You know when Roger's right You never like seeing uh, managers Leave their position Particularly someone who's done so well And, and been at the club for so long But like he says He'll be, he'll be remembered forever For what was achieved two seasons ago uh, There's been a top six finish in there as well I think uh, Maybe the season before uh, but last couple of seasons it's been it's been tough and I think just when you thought they produced a couple of results ago maybe about five, six games ago to maybe get them out of it and maybe we're even talking about top six there's been a real pool run of results so it's a decision made again similar to Hearts in terms of Hearts trying to protect that third in the European money it's maybe to protect the the Premiership place It's very easy from for people on the outside and I've already heard a bit of this Roger um, of to say, you know, you know, won two cups. This is, you know, should have goodwill left in the bank and all that sort of stuff. And I think I started noticing this a lot, right? With I call it in my own head, it's like Derek McInnes syndrome, right? It was the first one that I noticed, and then a number of managers followed. Where everybody on the outside seems to be all uptight about this manager losing, but actually that fan base, there's lots of people in there, and it just reminds me of Aberdeen because you know people used to say, what more do Aberdeen fans want? But see, ultimately, see if the Aberdeen fans do want something different, then so be it. Yeah. And I've noticed that with a with a few clubs and Heart. yeah, exactly. And and maybe that, but maybe this one doesn't even quite fall into that category because the cups were magnificent, generation defining, but they were two years ago. 
And in football management, more than ever before, Gordon, you are only as good as your last result. And St. Johnson, who I thought St. Johnson, along with your mother, were clear of this relegation fight a few weeks ago. And it's amazing how quickly things can turn around. You know, a couple of bad defeats for St. Johnson, losing at home to Ross County, losing away to Livingston, coupled with a couple of big wins for Dundee United, home to Hibs, and then away at Motherwell at the weekend. And suddenly, St. Johnson are right in the thick of it. There's one game left, home to Hibs at the weekend. Stephen McLean will take charge. And then after that, it really is dog-eat-dog in that bottom six. Kilmarnock are in it, United are in it, County are in it. St. Johnson are very much in it. When you look at what happens as well after you win a cup, you know the players that that leave and Sean Rooney, Ali McCann, Jamie McCart, Jason Kerr, it's just hard to regenerate all the time. Kenny, has that, has that been a huge part of it? I think when you talk about Kerr leaving, Rooney leaving, McCann leaving, that was three really important players for them. And it's, it's hard to replace those types of players. You know, you go into the best intentions when you go into a, into a, into a transfer window of, of recruiting and strengthening, but ideally you would strengthen with them there. You're no one to have to replace arguably maybe your three best players and then some. You know, for mm-hmm. teams like the smaller teams, like we've already talked about the budgets and, and the restraints on the smaller teams, that was always going to be a big ask. Yeah, you, I mean, Roger, given the, the timing though, they're not long to go. And what we've seen many clubs go down this road, you said, you know, Stephen McLean, an interim charge, never been a manager before. Is there any validity in the argument of, well, your double cup winning manager, you might as well give him to, to the end of the season? Is that, that not the way it works? Yeah, listen, I played that argument for Robbie Nielsen last week. I said I thought he deserved a little bit more loyalty. And you get shouted down by Hearts fans. So I think St Johnson fans would probably shout me down tonight as well. I think Steve McLean is very much a different personality from Callum Davidson. And maybe a different approach, maybe a different voice in the dressing room, maybe a different selection as well in terms of personnel and tactics might just shake St Johnson out of this slump at the minute. They desperately need to try something different because they've sleepwalked into this relegation battle I remember many many years ago Hibs missing out in the top 6 On the last day of the 33 game campaign And then they just crashed They ended up in the relegation playoff place They lost to Hamilton They went to the championship Sometimes you can sleepwalk into danger like that And I think Steve Brown and the St Johnson board Wanted to do everything they could To make sure they weren't the victims this time and it, it, the cutthroat nature of it, Kenny, it does this is probably a, a difficulty across all football clubs now, but particularly ones of St Johnson's size who then go and get that success. It's almost like if you don't get if you're Callum Davidson and you don't get that big move that you might deserve on the back of the the cup success, it it prob it possibly only does end one way then, and like the only way is down sort of thing. And it's brilliant with hindsight, Callum Davidson. I don't think it's going to go in hand in his resignation this summer that they just win the two cups. It's not not quite what I'm saying, but you know you're now left where it, it, it ends this way and it's just, you know different from what it perhaps he deserved it to be. I think so uh, because again we'll go back. It was a wonderful job and it was an incredible achievement uh, to win the both cups. But you're right when you go through a season like they go through last year and even off the back, it doesn't really matter how it goes. I mean. There is a, probably a ceiling to what they could achieve, even if they got a top six finish. Maybe the following season you're back down fighting. It probably is going to end one way, you know, unless that move comes. But like you say, he's off the back of that two, that two cup winning season. It was a wonderful opportunity, maybe to leave. But 
if it doesn't come, then like you say you're not going to hand your resignation no, on a, when you've just done a job like that and created history. You know, so it's, it's it's tough. It's a cutthroat business. More often than not, these are the types of situations that managers will leave clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but listen, it's it's football, and I'm sure Callum will move on to it's different things as well. Remarkably similar to Tommy Wright's departure. You know, Tommy Wright was the first St Johnson mm-hmm. manager to win a Scottish Cup in 2014. There was a spell he was being touted for jobs in Scotland, jobs in England. He didn't get any of the jobs. And then he ends up departing from St Johnson and has never been as high profile again. Callum got the job, won two cups, didn't get a job elsewhere, and of course leaves the, the post last night. Well, St Johnson fans, maybe one we can explore as the week goes on. Down the bottom, then, if St Johnson are one of the losers at the moment, clearly Dundee United, one of the, the winners. How big a result was that for Park against the Motherwell team that's been flying? It's been a fantastic week for Dundee United. You know, you think that last minute penalty by Jamie McGrath to see off Hibs on the Sunday afternoon at Tannadise and then go to Motherwell, as you say, flying. They lose the first goal to Kevin Van Veen. They should have, you know, had it Top not scoring been, Dutchman in world yeah, football. Yeah, had it not been for a, a VAR offside decision, they'd have been two down. But they hung in there. They got the goals, they have got the momentum, they're now at home to Livingston on Saturday, they believe they can win that game as well, and you know, I talk about Hibs in the past sleepwalking into danger, St Johnson sleepwalking into danger, United are wide awake, and they're the ones who are going into the post-split fixtures with all the momentum behind them. Liam Kelly brought down Stephen Fletcher twice, one was awarded a penalty Which Dundee United won the game from The other one saw Stephen Fletcher Booked for diving Were they both the same? Should they both have been penalties? And yes. Liam Kelly sent off Should neither of them been penalties? Both penalties for me And you know When you see the second one I don't really see that I thought it were both penalties And Liam Kelly could have been sent off Interesting Kenny Ref obviously saw something different in them Yeah sure oh, well, obviously Yeah and again when the when VAR don't intervene and stick by the decisions, they suggest it's, it doesn't always suggest it's the, the right clear decision, and obvious thing. Yeah. The clear and obvious thing. I definitely think there was contact on it. I don't think Liam makes the contact. I think the contact's initiated by the movement he makes and then Stephen Fletcher's forward momentum. So, soft, yep. Maybe it's one of them, I'll give that and I'll not give that one because they are very, It's harder very, to give two. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, uh, I mean, it could be viewed as harsh on, on Liam and Motherwell. Or maybe they deserved another one as well mm, We're running out of time Quickly I saw Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports News today Saying Aberdeen will lose their deposit For the appeal on Graham Shinney's red card on Friday night I, it's... I, I, I actually agree with him Nowadays You know there are challenges you could make Pre-VAR and get away with There are challenges you make post-VAR That you will be punished for um, It's in the wording You're very good Gordon with the wording of these rules Endangering an opponent I think as soon as you see it again on the TV mm. and as soon as the VAR directs you and Anderson to the little screen at the side of the pitch at Dingwall, you know Graham Shinney's in trouble. Incredible. Never sent off in his career. Twice. In and then twice in two games. But yeah, you're going to tell us, Kenny, as a pro, you don't think there's much Graham nah. Shinney can do because I actually get that as well. But then also think of, could you... can. Could you convince an appeals panel that you hadn't endangered the opponent? That's the difficulty, well, isn't because it? Because you wear it's the, like the follow through and the connection can up, up the shin that you can. I, I get it, you know, but I don't know what Graham Shin is supposed to mm. do with his foot. Is it to retract on contact to the ball? That that's not going to happen ever. So if we're going to look at, I, I don't think it is a red card. I don't. Mm. So 
that's uh, and you've seen other instances where the same thing and the, and, the, and the rules applied. I think that's pretty straightforward actually. The wording of the rules pretty straightforward yeah. in that. So to the letter of the law, probably is. Yeah. I don't think as it a, should be as a player. Yeah. I get that. All right, we're nearly there. Well, we are there. In fact, thank you to Roger and Kenny. Thank you for listening for all your calls. It was a busy weekend. Uh, and who knows what midweek will throw up It's getting to that interesting time of the season So we will be back tomorrow night 6 o'clock with Gordon DL And Mark Wilson Make sure you join us then And already before you know it We'll be building up to the last set Of pre-split fixtures Then you know what it means On to the Scottish Cup semi-finals It'll be player of the year season soon as well So there is a lot to look forward to Make sure you join us at 6 tomorrow And Callum Gallagher is up next